0: received the word. The word was cancer. They thought it might be something else. So they asked for more tests. And so they took the time to go, spend time running a multitude of tests. As it came back, the doctor said, Yeah, that's what we thought. You have cancer. And the people looked at each other and said, we had hoped that there had been something else, that it had been better news. Or the family who had been expecting their child, their fourth child, they went in to see the doctor, you know, and you know how exciting it is to to have the tests run. <clears throat> see the, the gender of the child. And the doctor comes in the room and says, We can't find a heartbeat. The family collapsed in tears. And they looked at each other and said, <clears throat> we had hoped that there had been another outcome. Or the family that had a son or a daughter who did the right things at the right time. Then when they went out on their own, things didn't go quite the way they had hoped. They did things they shouldn't do, made wrong decisions. The mom and dad looked at each other and said, we had hoped for a better outcome. Those are sad words. Words of anguish. Many of you have to face. Words of despair. Not knowing what comes next. Words of sadness. Words of defeat we had hoped. But if you turn to Luke chapter 24, and you start to read these things, starting in verse 13. Now that same day, what same day is it? It's obviously the day of Christ's resurrection. Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They can't figure out exactly where Emmaus was. There are I think four different places that claim to be Emmaus. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened and as they talked and discussed these things with each other Jesus himself walked up. But they were kept from recognizing him. I don't know why. I don't know how. Was this one of those things where he had his cowl over his where you couldn't really see his face very well, or was it a miraculous thing? I have no clue. I have a feeling it was probably the latter. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And it says, they stood still, their faces downcast. The language there is that they literally stood still. That they're walking along, and Jesus comes up, and as they're walking along, and he asks them that, that they stop and they just kind of hang their heads. One of them named Cleopas asked him, "Are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened in these days?" What things?" He asked. And about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, "He was a prophet, powerful in word indeed before God and all people. And the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced, and they crucified him. But we had hoped we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. In addition, some of our wisdom. Some of our women among us amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, didn't find his body. they came and told us they'd even seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And they came and told us that they had had this vision. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see Jesus. Doesn't this make you wonder who who Cleopas and his companion were? Because they were companions of the disciples. They were companions of the apostles. And they knew exactly what was going on. And he said to them, how foolish. How foolish. And he showed us. Or he said, how foolish you are and how slow to believe what all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory and beginning with Moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him. Our original thought is you know if I'd been there you know Number one, I would have recognized him just like that. Let me ask you a question, those of you who wear glasses or maybe sunglasses. Have you ever wondered where your sunglasses were or your glasses were? And you searched the entire house and you started to get angry and you said, has anybody seen my, here they are. I've done this. I cannot find my keys. Where are my keys? I have looked all over the place, and I started to panic because have I lost those keys? Where are my keys? Oh, here they are. We've had things right under our nose, and we say that hindsight is 2020, And how many times have we seen the obvious? but completely missed it. A few years ago, there were these pictures that you, if you looked at them long enough, you'd see something else. Or if you've lost something and somebody says, where was the last place you had it? Now, I got to tell you, that's my pet peeve. If I remembered the last place I had it, don't you think I would have gone there and found it? There's this response that says, or when you finally find something. and, And I remember my dad saying this, if it had been a snake, it would have bit you. It was right there. It was right in front of you. I feel that's our lives Sometimes. I feel that's the way we go through life. We ask for God's guidance and then we feel completely lost. We complain that we can't find God and when we find ourselves in the middle of a struggle, if I had only... Those words fall. We had hoped that this would have happened when God was right there beside you the entire time. I've talked about this before. There are times when it seems as if we are alone, that we are by ourselves. And sometimes we ask for clarity. And, and, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for clarity. But when we ask for clarity all the time, that means we eliminate faith altogether. Sometimes we're not going to have clarity in our lives. Sometimes it's not going to just map itself out the way that we want. In fact, sometimes we're going to feel completely lost. It's at that moment, it's in those times that we must continue to have faith and to believe that God is still there. Sometimes he's right in front of us. Remember at the tomb and the women have come and they're confused and they're distraught. The Bible says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white and seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? And she says, they have taken my Lord away. And I don't know where they've put him. And at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him. And I'll get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him and cried out in Aramaic Rabboni which means teacher it's one of those scenes I'd like to to see to just hear Jesus say her name and I wonder how many times this is acted out in our own lives everything seems to be in a in a a tizzy and everything just seems to be swirling around us and we don't know what's going on and all of a sudden we hear our own names much like Mary did we crave for that relationship that all we need to hear is him calling our names what did Jesus do for those disciples on the road remember what they said They were talking about everything that happened in Jerusalem. And they said, we had hoped. Remember that phrase? We had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. And Jesus explained everything about how the Messiah must suffer on the cross. And he began with Moses and the prophets and he laid everything down. And he had redeemed Israel. And they didn't even know it. Because they continued to have that warped image of Jesus being the king of Israel where he ruled over the Romans and he was one of those that came in and called his armies in and they just didn't get it. And Jesus explained to them. Jesus you see makes sense of everything. Sometimes we think God is messed up. This isn't the life I was supposed to live. I mean he must have He must have gotten my name confused with someone else and and my life is messed up. And it's with faith that we march on, knowing that God is in control. We seem miserable and we're trying to figure life out. And these two disciples are discussing and examining what had happened, what had gone wrong. Instead, it was exactly the way that God had planned it. They thought he had messed up. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. You don't get it. This is exactly what God wanted. They were trying to figure out life through their own eyes and their own interpretation. And how many times does that happen with us? We try to figure out things through our own eyes and through our own interpretations. And instead, We need to see it through his eyes. We tend to overlook God's presence because frankly we don't look. Good news. If you're a follower of Jesus, no matter how bad this world gets, it's as close to hell as you'll ever be. Heaven is your home. It only gets better from here. It's what Shane Pruitt says. And as I said, we tend to overlook God and Jesus because, frankly, we just don't look. In Matthew chapter 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And I, I have talked about this a little bit. <clears throat> and I, I, for years, my, my thought about this was, we shall see God if we're pure in heart. One of these days, we're going to see God because of our purity Because we have done what he has said to do. But very honestly, I've come to think that I've been wrong on that. Because if we have pure hearts, we will see God every single day. We'll see him in our lives. We'll see him in other people. The only Jesus, the only God people may see may be through us and so we're called to have pure hearts. I one of the things that that I just I just love doing and hearing is when you say to someone, I want you to look for Jesus this week. And the response that they have because you see when we start looking, it's when we start seeing simple smile, the held door, a word of encouragement, anonymous kindness, a note of appreciation. God's all over the place. And I fear that sometimes what happens is we're just too lazy to see God. We become so concerned with the cares of the world and the affairs of the world that we frankly just miss seeing him, much like these two on the road to, to, to Emmaus. I wonder who the companion of Cleopas was. Do you ever notice he's not mentioned? Cleopas' name is mentioned, but the other one's name is not mentioned. I, I had this thought. Perhaps it's us. Perhaps it's you and me that, it's his, that, that are his companion, that are walking alongside. That we've heard the good news, but we continue to live in the past and stop looking for Jesus in the world. You see, Cleopas and his friend convinced Jesus to spend the evening with them and eat with them, and they really didn't have any idea who he was or what he was doing. Sometimes I wonder if, if we just completely miss him. And at this he gave thanks, and he broke bread, and they recognized him. One of the things that I read this week, and I thought it was very interesting, it says he disappeared, but he left the bread there. He left the bread for us to partake in. It says, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures within us? And they returned to Jerusalem at once. Remember how far it was? Seven miles. They returned to Jerusalem at once. And so it begins. And we tend to let the cares and the struggles get in our way and blind us or even our busyness. And I'm asking us today to, for our hearts to burn within us. That as we read about Jesus, that our hearts burn within us. That when we see his way and the plan that he has for us, that our hearts burn within us. I want our hearts to burn within us as we hear the stories of Jesus. And I pray that it forever makes a mark. Let's pray. Father, as we read this wonderful story about two disciples who are walking along the way and encounter Jesus. Father, I pray that we encounter Jesus every day and that that it is my prayer and my hope that we we don't miss him. That we don't realize who he is that he comes by and, and wants to be a part of our lives, and yet we tend to miss him. Father, help our hearts to burn. Help our hearts to see that God is walking right side along us, uh, along beside us, and that, that he wants us to know that he is Lord and Savior of our lives. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Roger has selected a song for us. We're going to sing here in just a moment. Maybe your heart hasn't been burning. Maybe you've gotten so far away. You can respond to him in any way. You can pray right where you are. You can ask for the prayers of this church, our shepherds. And their wives will be in the back here in just a moment. If you'd like for them to pray with you, they'd be more than happy. But if you need to respond to the invitation of God, if you need to walk beside Him and realize what He's done for you today, I would encourage you to do so as we stand and sing this song.